Welcome back to Infinitely Prefer a Book. Today we have a special footnotes episode. I'm joined by my sister, Hannah, who you may recognize from season one. A couple of years ago, we both read a book called This Is Where You Belong, The Art and Science of Loving Where You Live by Melody Warnick. Hannah and I have both had a couple of place relocations in the past few years. So Hannah, welcome. And would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about your relocation story? I am excited to be on your podcast again. It was so fun last time. And I know that we've been talking about this book for a while. So I, as you know, went originally out of high school. I moved away for school and decided to move back to St. Louis where we grew up. Um, Pretty shortly after that, I only stayed out of state for a semester. Um, And then most recently, um, I moved about three years ago to Salt Lake City area, Utah, um, for my husband Alex's school. Um, And so I transferred colleges at that point so that we could get married um, and then lived in Utah for a couple of years and then went and completed, Alex completed an internship in Seattle and then went back to Utah. And now we um, are full-time here in Seattle, Washington um, as of January. So hopefully our moving around is done for a little bit. As far as my story goes, the listeners and you, Hannah, yeah. will know, my spouse is in medical school. So we are now living in our second relocation since we started that journey. I imagine we'll have a few more transitions in the next four to six years. There's a lot still up in the air about where we will be. Um, so this book is something that is um, very relevant to both you and me. Hannah, Remind me how you heard about this book. I can't remember if we, if I recommended it to you or we found it separately. Yeah. So I think ironically enough, I was uh, scrolling through your Goodreads of books that you had read just because I know you've read so many books. And so I was looking for a book. I was also getting ready to go up to visit a friend that lived about an hour away from me. So I knew I was going to be driving in the car. And so I wanted to find an interesting audiobook. And so I saw this and thought, oh, this looks interesting. Ironically enough, I wasn't loving where I was living in the moment. So Mm -hmm. I thought maybe this would help to (laughs) change that. So (laughs) yeah. Um, And then you, we've talked about kind of doing this, especially after my recent move here this summer, we kind of, you and I talked about doing this podcast together. And I think you re-listened to the audiobook. Is that correct? Yeah, I just finished it again um, a couple of weeks ago. And I think it was even more powerful this last time. So I know that, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this to your listeners, but I know you had said that you found it really dry when you read it. Um, I did. <laughs> it's been one of my favorite books that I've listened to. So, Well, funnily enough, I did find it dry, but I found the information really useful. Sometimes that's just kind of the way I interact with nonfiction. It just depends the way it's written. I actually have listened to – I started listening to a different podcast recently called Married to Doctors. I had had heard about it. Um, The host of that – it's a blog and a podcast, and the host of that lives in my current town. They just relocated here. And I had heard about it from – I had met with over the phone with some folks from my husband's school as I was trying to get a job down here and things like that, and she had recommended them to me. She had Melody Warnick on talking about 
loving where you live and I had forgotten because the parts that I really loved about it which is what we'll talk about today probably mostly is sort of the practical how-to tips but on the podcast Melody was Ms. Warnick Melody Warnick was talking about basically like the theory of how to be rooted in a place and thought that was so if you're so if, if listeners are really interested in that piece I would definitely suggest reading the book because I do think that is really interesting. And I think the the tips are really, really valuable. But I also think a skimming of the book could get you that as well. But maybe you might love it. Like Hannah loved it. So I guess to just try it out if you want to. <laughs> well, and, and Catherine, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've only listened to it um, both times. So she lists, like there's times I feel like at the end of each chapter, she'll review at all the points that she's talked about. So like, are those easy to find if you're flipping through the book? Because that might yes. be nice for listeners to see. Yeah, it is. It's like basically a checklist at the end of every chapter. And that's kind of what I really loved about it and took away from it. And I, and so I actually took notes on the book that I kept. So when we made this podcast, I kind of took a lot of those notes. And a lot of them were just checklist points that I thought were really relevant to me about things that of the practical how to. Um, and some of the stories were really interesting too. But I felt like I was looking for a practical guide. So maybe that's why I really clung to those kinds of things. Definitely. That's fair. So Hannah, what has been some of the more difficult things about for you about moving to a new location? I think ultimately some of the hardest things about moving to a new location is the fact that I loved where we grew up. Um, We Mm -hmm. both grew up a little bit outside of St. Louis. And I know you spent a lot of time there, even post-childhood as um, did I and so I love um, a lot of the traditions like this last weekend um, is you know as we're going into fall they had a, a festival a balloon glow festival that I love and so missing mm-hmm. out on traditions like that um, and, yeah. and still having friends there that are doing those types of traditions and are going to those events I think was the hardest for me and I just felt like oh my city doesn't have anything cool my city doesn't have that x y and z but that's not always the case and you just have to to go out and look for it but it takes a lot more work than doing this going to the same apple orchard that you've gone to for years or the same christmas tree farm or the same restaurant you know so definitely i agree the traditions are difficult because you want to find i I felt like when we moved away from st louis because we that's we were in st louis until medical school started and so once we moved away from there i was looking to replicate the same kinds of things i was looking for a shakespeare in the park i was looking for music festivals concerts in the park and things like that and they didn't exist in my new my new town and it does it takes kind of rethinking about well how can this be a good place to live if they don't even have the basics or something right so I think that is really really tough and I know just making friends is really really hard I currently like luckily I've been employed all the places that we've been so that's one way to interact with people and to get to know people but it does take a lot of time to make actual friendships outside of work or outside of that Um, so that just takes time and and can be really tough because you're always, I think, comparing it to where you came from. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and th- think feeling that, you know, you forget how long it took to build the friendships that you had in the previous place you lived. And one thing that, that Melody Warnick talks about in the book is the expectations we have when we move to a new city. And, and we always have such high expectations, but we don't always change the things that we do in order to to match those expectations. We just expect a new city to bring all of these 
you know, oh, I'm going to have so many friends because I moved to this new city. It's like, well, what are you going to do to make those friends? And so. Right. Yeah, I think I do that a lot. I think I get caught up in daydreaming of like, okay, when I'm in this new city, I'm going to all of a sudden be like, I'm going to find a gym that I love. I I hate going to the gym. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be this different kind of person. It's going to change me and I'm going to have all this stuff or, you know, just kind of be this different kind of person. I'm going to be the, finally be the person that I think I should be. And bottom line is I, I'm the same person. And if I want to do those things, like we actually have joined a gym here for the first time successfully, I would say in our marriage where we've been (laughs) longer than a month, um, (laughs) consistently working out. Um, Thank you. Thank you. It's been a struggle. And that's pretty much all I've done is feel like I go to the gym three times a week and like uh, I'm spent. But, um, but you know, it, does, it takes work to get there. I think that's a good point that Warnick says is like, if that's the person that you want to become, if you want to become this person who entertains, who does all these things, then you have to put the work in. I think that's, it's, uh, you know, disheartening sometimes to hear, but it's true. Yeah. Work is, work is never the answer we're looking for. I just want the magic wand and the fairy godmother to show up, I guess, but whatever. So when you read this book, and I love that you, I love that you love it. And that I'm kind of like, it's okay, but I like it because, because it gets more, we have more discussion going, I think. So what really inspired you about this book? I think I just came away wanting the challenge to fall in love with where I lived. You know, um, probably more than a lot of people, but for your listeners, we spent some time in Utah and I, I really did not, I struggled to love living there um, for a really long time. And I think Mm -hmm. when I was listening to this book, we were still living there. And so I kind of made it a challenge to, to fall in love with where I lived. Um, I wanted that feeling of what I had in St. Louis. And I've had so many people that, you know, maybe St. Louis isn't for them and something that Warnick says in this book is that your town only has to make you happy. And I think that's something I forget um, is I want people to love my city. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, and meet me in St. Louis, they say, you know, wasn't I, I was so lucky to be born in my favorite city, you know, and that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes, but I think I had to fall in love with where I lived and that's not just going to happen. You have to do things. So I started making a list of all the things that, um, people think I'm kind of crazy, but I have this spreadsheet and each, te- I have each sh- a sheet for different states. And in each state, I keep track of all the different seasons and what events and what museums and food restaurants and places. And sometimes they're places I've been to, sometimes they're things I've done, and sometimes they're things that I've just heard about or that I learn and I keep track of all of them so that no matter what state I'm in, I can look to see, oh, what's what's in Washington, what's in Utah, and uh, what's in Missouri, different things that I can kind of force myself to to do so that I can learn to fall in love with that that place that I'm living in. That's really great. Um, You've actually shared that spreadsheet with me, and I've contributed to it a little bit on the Missouri, some of the Missouri things to do. And that's just such a great thing to kind of make that list, that visual reminder of all the things that um, make a place unique and that you can and just ideas of things to do when my husband decided to go to medical school we had been out of college for like a, a long time actually and we had started putting down roots we'd bought a house and I think it's easy to think of college time as being this temporary situation and a break from real life and your regular life kind of goes on hold but 
really, because we had already started living our life, um, and medical school really is this, you know, medical training in general, just a marathon. And there's medical school and there's residency and sometimes fellowship after that. I knew that I didn't want to go backwards and put my life on hold for that, you know, six, eight years, you know, like basically all of my, my, my 20, my late twenties and thirties. Uh, so I knew that I, I didn't want to do that. And so I kind of went in with the idea that we're going to dig in and not let those years feel wasted. Um, which is something I had already kind of thought of is like, okay, I want to put down roots where I am, but it was easy. It was easier when we were living in the same place for a long time. And those roots we kind of knew where to go. And I think this is the perspective that's very similar to the one that Warnick shares in the book. Um, I, I had written this down in my notes from when I read it. And basically she says, to choose to have joy now, live your best life wherever you are. Um, and she really just puts the emphasis on digging in and becoming part of the community. In the book, Warnick shares her experience of becoming a part of a community in Blacksburg, Virginia. And what she admit, admits to right off the bat is not liking and not enjoying it all. And she, it was kind of like you, Hannah, she had that challenge to herself of saying, I want to love this place that everyone else loves, or I want to love where I live. I'm going to, I'm going to dig in. And so she gave some tangible tips. I thought we could share some of those um, and just maybe even discuss and build upon with our own suggestions and we can share what we've tried. So her first suggestion, I think one of her first suggestions is to get outside and connect to nature. And Hannah, how have you done that? Has that something been, been something that you've tried? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think location is always, you know, some places are more friendly with for that than others. Um, where we live now in Washington, we're in a really walk-friendly neighborhood. And mm-hmm. so that has made it nice to be able to walk to the grocery store. Um, and that's something that we've kind of set as our goal that anytime we need to go to the grocery store, um, we're going to walk there because it is so close. Um, and then it helps us so that we both go together, Alex, my husband, and I. Um, and so that way, it's, I think, more enjoyable to go to the grocery store together because I'm not feeling, neither of us feel like we're just doing it alone and it's a chore, um, but we're also getting to be outside enjoying that nature and um, just getting that fresh air. Whereas it, it, it also takes out the stress of like dealing with parking and mm-hmm. finding a parking spot and other drivers. So that I've found a lot. What about you? Do you? Yeah, I'm super jealous, by the way, of your walkable, of your walk score. Like I have walk score envy. Um, Walkscore.com, by the way, people is where you can find out how walkable your your area is. Um, I so um, for a while when we lived in St. Louis, we actually did not own a car for about three and a half years. Um, And so we walked, biked into public transportation everywhere. And I loved it to a certain extent. There were definitely things that were inconvenient about it. But I I agree. It made, you know, just going out to a restaurant or going out. And and again, we had a really good walk score where we lived at that time. And yeah, so it just makes mundane things kind of extra fun because you get to go out, you get to get a little exercise. Um, I also think it makes you slow down. Um, I know there was a tradition that we had around the holidays of going to this church that was not our church. They have about the second Sunday of Advent or so, they had a lessons and carols presentation on a Sunday afternoon. And I just walked by this church every day on my way home from work. And I would see the advertisement for it. And I would just in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm going to go do that. And so we did it. And I think you just, when you're out walking, you see more things and you're like more connected. Even when we rode like the bus and stuff, we were so much more, I got the time to just kind of window gaze. I wasn't 
focused on driving. I was out looking at things. I got to notice the subtle differences in my community. Um, really, really loved it. So I totally, I totally get that. The next suggestion she talks about is buying locally, which I, this was one of the ones that I had not fully connected or hadn't really thought of, I think until I read her book I, a little bit, but she really kind of honed in on that. And you had some thoughts on this one, Hannah. Yeah. Um, well, so she talks about in the book how it can be, it can be hard to buy local because Amazon and, and a lot of, you know, big store chains can be a lot cheaper um, than often buying local. And so she had the idea of like setting an amount. Um, I think it was $50 in her case that she was going to spend each month. And I think, you know, you can always change that depending on your budget. Um, we have a farmer's market that runs from May to October here where we are now. Mm. And so that I've kind of put, you know, made our own budget and put that money in and usually spend that at the farmer's market. And so that's a fun way to buy local and feel connected. Um, there's a little salsa place, little guy that sells sal- homemade salsa, and it's my favorite. And so it's helped me to feel mm. more connected. Um, I recognize the same man that I buy the salsa from about once a month, you know, and um, it's it's a way to be connected and, and feel like I'm supporting him. That's really cool. I love that. You know, farmer's markets has been something that has always been a struggle for me. We've had actually really good farmer's markets everywhere we've lived, but it's just so, it's always been outside my, just outside my, my routine. And I, and I want to get it. That's something that I would love to do in the future. Another thing that I would love to do in the future, and here I am talking about things that, you know, I, and you have to work to get to the, get here, I guess. But I, <laughs> supporting like a community-supported agriculture CSA thing where you get a, a shipment of vegetables and produce from local farms and things like that's something that I would I would love to do in, in my ideal self. But one thing that I do is we most of the time when we eat out – well, with the exception of the uh, small fortune we have spent at Chipotle, we do eat locally when we can. We we try to find a local restaurant. And, and that was really, really easy to do in St. Louis. And it was a little bit harder in other places. But I think we still try to find the unique spots where we can. And I just kind of want to put a plug in because um, you for folks, I know that like Amazon and shopping online is so convenient. I mean, that may be your life where it needs to be. But um, some a lot of city governments and county governments and local governments are actually so like things like your parks, you know, and and uh, your libraries may be funded by sales tax. And so when you shop online, they don't get the same kind of cut from that sales tax. It's it's done differently. And so so you know, going shopping at a local store, even if it's a Target, even if you know, your profits are going to many Minnesota, at least your taxes are going to your local, your local government and supporting things that maybe you believe in, like um, schools and parks and things like that. Schools are usually property taxes, but other other amenities, your utilities and things like that, that are important. Kind of in the similar vein of the, of the $50 thing, I kind of had, when we lived, when we were living in a really walkable area, I mostly got all of our gifts from local independent stores. So anytime I bought a book, I would walk down to the bookstore and buy it and or order it and have it pre like they might have they might not have had it in stock, but I would I would order it from them. Or they could they couldn't ship it to my house too. So um it doesn't have to be Amazon. And so or there's like a little gift store, like a little children's store that I would buy. We would buy toys sometimes for our nieces and nephews there. Um, just different ways of not every single thing can be bought there because it is, there is a markup that's not discount, but 
it's kind of a fun way of doing that. What about your neighbors? Do you know your neighbors? Because one of the, the things that Warnick suggests is saying hi to your neighbors, invite them over. Um, she even suggests eating dinner sometimes on the front lawn. Have, what about this? Has this been anything that you have tried to do or ex- had experience with? That's funny you say that because the second time that I listened to this book, um, this part really struck stuck out to me because we have been here nine months. And we don't know a single neighbor. Um, (laughs) I have only seen the people that were, so we are in an apartment complex. And so the people, there's two apartments across the hall from us. And I've only seen them a handful of times. There's one woman that lives down the hall and she goes out quite often for on smoke breaks. And so we see her a lot and we, and we say hi, but I don't know her name and I don't know much. So I have not done a very good job on this this point. So do you, hopefully maybe you've been better than me. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think this is so interesting. I don't know what, what gets in the way. I don't know if it's a generational thing, but not really. We had, we, we spent the weekend out of town a couple weeks ago and we came back and part of the tree next door was lying on our driveway. Like a big, huge branch had just fallen down over the weekend and so we were like, well, technically it's their tree, but it's on our driveway and it's making a mess like where we are and we're renting. And so anyway, but because, we, because we've owned in the past, we kind of have a different thing. So we borrowed a chainsaw and as we're out there almost done, the neighbor comes out who we've never met and was like, oh, I was going to get my husband to do that. And we're like, oh, it's okay. Like it was just kind of this awkward moment, <laughs> but, um, and I don't remember her name. I should have written it down, but I, that was our only one and only time really interacting with our neighbor. I think it's just, you know, the Warnick talks about like making muffins and taking them around. And that is really a tried and true way of getting to know your neighbors. I know we've done that in the past when we were growing up as kids. That's one way to do things. But I will say this is not something I'm very good at. I will say I I think it's inspiring, but I haven't gotten there. <laughs> well, and that reminds me of one thing that she talks about in the book as well, um, which she, she also, um, I think is similar, that A-type personality. She keeps it, she has a spreadsheet where she marks down um, like, I think there's like somebody, you know, with like, I don't know, maybe like a man bun or so, like some mm. physical um, thing that she knows about someone. And she right. has always like referred to that person as with that, you know, physical trait or quality or something, you know, and when she learns their name, she writes, she writes it down in a spreadsheet so that she can go back and look and have all that information saved. Um, so I think that's something, like you said, you didn't remember your neighbor's name, but nice to be able to keep that written down too. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good tip, right? Writing it down, having a place. It's not hard. We all have our phone somewhere, you know, even just like a little note somewhere where you say that, you know, this address is this person's name, but so I'm, I'm inspired for the future. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this, um, what I love about fall is Halloween and I just love how everyone gets out and, and walks around and I'm excited. We're, we're, we were in an apartment for a couple of years and now we're in a, a small home and I'm hopeful that our Halloween here will be vibrant. Um, I'm hopeful that that kind of is another time where people get to get out. And I think it shouldn't just happen once a year, but it is one of the times where you get to potentially make an effort and get that, 
the interaction. Another thing just that she talks about is participating in fun activities. And I know this is something you've talked about making, you know, you have your spreadsheet and everything like that. Like this is something I think that you and I both really like to dig into and try to find different activities. So do you, she kind of talks about making a bucket list potentially of things kind of, you know, similar to your spreadsheet. What are some ideas or resources do you have for people to try to find new things? Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do is social media based. I really like Instagram and I feel like it's a lot less cluttered than Facebook. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. cities um, will have an Instagram page so you can follow the city and the city of, and it will be, you know, whatever city you live in and they'll post the city events. They'll also post, you know, sometimes they'll share restaurants and you can find um, local restaurants through those things. They'll also share different events that are coming up. Um, so I like to try to find all the different types of social media pages for different cities and for different types of events that are going on. And th- that has really helped me when I feel like I don't know anything about the city to just try to kind of figure out what's happening. What's one thing, you know, we were out of town a couple of weeks ago and I was really bummed because our city had, they did like a world record of the game Simon, you know, with the but- the colors oh, buttons. Yeah. And uh-huh. they had like a, you know, the largest Simon in the world <laughs> that they've set up on this park near our, our apartment. And they had, you could sign up to be a part of a team and like you'd stand on the, on the big button and you'd press it when it was your turn, you know? So like, That's I was cool. really bummed we missed it, but that was something yeah. I found when they posted on the Instagram about something coming up that weekend. So that's a really good idea. I feel like I, there's just a lot of places. Some of the places or some of the resources that I would suggest are looking at your local library and what events they have going on. For example, we just went to every second Sunday, they have a concert and, you know, in the library, of course, where you think of quietness, but it was, it was a quite loud concert. It was, we're kind of in a very bluegrassy area which I actually love bluegrass so it was perfect and um, it was kind of funny because they had there were were a lot of gray hairs and in the crowd and in the (laughs) band Um, and I kind of knew that we were where we were supposed to be because we tend to just that tends to be our crowd and in fact as we were walking away um, I had seen this lady with a logo on her shirt and it wasn't the library logo. I was kind of cu- curious what it was. And as we were walking out, I saw the same logo on this shuttle bus and it was basically an, a senior living center had bussed all these people in for the library library concert. And it was like standing room only. It was packed. It was a really great show. And then they have, I noticed also in the library, they had some movie nights, you know, for teens and different groups of people they have I'm in a book club now through the library one of the other things I saw was like a craft demonstration making night where you come home like you make a craft and you bring it home so those kinds of things are really just things to look into for me right now I'm I'm kind of my husband's schedule is he can sometimes come with me but he sometimes can't and I haven't really made like lots of really close friends yet so a lot of it's just me on my own and so that's for me, having an event that's structured like that really helps because I can just kind of pop in. The public, if there's a public or a community radio station in your community, they usually will have a community calendar. And so that's another place to find out about different things that are going on. I have always lived, everywhere we lived have always, has always had at least one university or community college. And oftentimes there are music 
venues, like student recitals you can go listen to, or they'll bring in unique speakers or unique events to the university. And so looking at their their event calendars is another way. And also just kind of like the Parks and Recreation Department. I always try to look and see what festivals and things that they're sponsoring. A lot of times they're the ones who do the movies in the park and things like that, you know, different different events like that. Again, I also think just getting out and walking and biking helps you see things that are advertised and um, you're able to connect more. Another tip that she had was to volunteer, which is interesting. And have you volunteered? Has there been a lot of volunteering that you've had since in any of your places that you've lived? No, I have not been very good at that. Um, just the other night, I went and printed something off at our library because we don't have our own printer. And so I did ask about volunteering at the library, but it's not something I've done. So hopefully something soon if I just need to have, you know, we talked about work yeah. and having the drive to do that. So yeah, no, I think it's it's people people's capacity for volunteering ebbs and flows. And I think there's definitely times and seasons where you're going to want to put more effort into this. And I will say, you know, you and I grew up in a church um, that was all volunteer based pretty much at the local congregation level. And so I'm guessing, well, I know you do. You and your husband both volunteer once a week, basically host a Cub Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. My husband does that and I help out sometimes. And then I also, I volunteer every Sunday with like leading the music and helping in the congregation for the worship service. So, yeah. So I think those, that's like, don't discount that PS. True. Um, true. Also like that is one of the, the values of that style of church and getting involved in something like a church is that it kind of is built in volunteerism that helps you connect with people potentially. I know um, in, in the town that we just had moved from, they had a lot of different festivals and some of them were really expensive. They had this big like Roots and Blues festival and then they had like a film festival. And they're kind of expensive and one of the ways to get free tickets is actually to be a volunteer because you kind of get to, you don't have maybe to get the full patron experience, but you get to be kind of, you know, in, you kind of get to be there right and so you get to experience it a little bit as a volunteer um kind of funny story is i had heard about a local college um they were doing what's called the unbound book festival really cool they brought in all these authors from all over to do like workshops and things and i was like hey i heard about that i'm gonna go ahead and volunteer like put on my calendar that i'm gonna sign up to be a volunteer so that i don't have to pay for this thing and so i signed up i had heard about like a year in advance like i had just missed it so i i put it on my calendar like for the following year to sign up for it and so i did and then as i become a volunteer i realized that it was actually a free event <laughs> so i didn't need to volunteer to get um <laughs> It, access to the festival for free however it was still really fun because I you know I wore a volunteer shirt and people would ask me questions and I would try to help you know answer things that I didn't really know and it just kind of gave me a purpose for being there and sometimes as I said sometimes I'm there like I was by myself I didn't have anyone come with me my husband didn't come with me and so by being a volunteer I kind of felt like I had a purpose and it was okay for me to stand out by myself because I you know I looked like I was purposeful, even if I was um, by myself. So I just think that was fun. I'm glad I did that. And I'm glad that I went to the festival. Yeah. Other place, other ways of doing things is like 
donating to charities, um, you know, arts or causes that kind of goes back to the whole, like spending money in your community, but also supporting what you believe in. And if you value something like the arts, then donating to it, which I need to be better about. Is there anything, any other tips that you took away that you want to share with our listeners, Hannah? I think just, you know, one thing she says, and and I, I think of you a lot with how many moves that you have still ahead of you. Um, she just says to unpack the suitcase. There's a quote mm-hmm. that I wrote down and just feeling like it's okay to be where you are. And that sometimes we have that FOMO of, of all the things going around you and all the other places you could live, but fear of missing out. I guess I should make sure FOMO. <laughs> F-O-M-O. If FOMO. your listeners aren't <laughs> familiar with that one. But anyway, yeah, I think just... It's interesting listening to this podcast and or to, you know, this conversation that we're having. And I don't know how your listeners will feel. We obviously have been connected more to certain cities that we've lived in. um, And I think that's kind of evident in our conversation tonight. But I think it's it's shows that we've had that place attachment and that we can find that again um, because we have experienced it. So we know what it feels like. But I think it's something to really seek for and to work towards because I know that you can be happier when, when you do. And it's not always instant and, you know, I won't spoil the book cause I know this is only footnotes, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think Warnick, when she concludes her book, she has a lot of good points about her experiments and all the things that she's done. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a choice. And, and I do want to point out, we've mentioned a lot of like all these things that you can do. And I, and it's, to me, it's a cafeteria system approach where do what works for you and what makes sense for you and leave the rest. You know, if you like the jello with the cottage cheese in it, then eat it. If you don't, then leave it on the, the salad bar. Um, but, you know, so it's just whatever you want to do. But I do think it is valuable to try to try to love where you live or at least like where you live because and and I and I know it's difficult when you like for us it would be nice if we could stay here forever or in one place forever but but the reality is we're probably going to be moving around a little bit and so but not to not to kind of write off these years but to try to dig in um, where we can so Hannah thank you so much for coming on this podcast with me and talking more about these great ideas yeah thanks for having me it's been fun it's definitely something that I feel passionate about and so it's been fun sharing that with you thank you for listening to this footnotes episode if you like what you hear be sure to rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts you can reach out to me on Instagram at infinitely prefer a book and through email at infinitely prefer a book at gmail.com. Let me know what you love most about where you live. As a reminder, next month's book will be Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb.